0: Good to be with you again worship as we celebrate the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. I will look forward to also being with you on the 16th for a very important day in the life of your congregation. Let me encourage you to be here that day, not just because I'm preaching, but because it's going to be an event in the life of the church that you want to be a part of. That will be the day that you will call the new pastor. By being here, you will not only show your support for him, you will also show your support for the nominating committee and all of the work that they've done over the last few months to secure this person. So be in prayer for it and plan to be here on that Sunday. Join with me now as we turn in our Bibles to Psalm 8. You will find the reading listed on page 848 in your few Bibles. hear the word of God. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. From the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise because of your enemies, to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? the Son of Man, that you care for him. You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet, all flocks and herds, the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, all that swim the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. May God, at his blessing, and give us understanding of his holy and inspired word. The year was 1952. A young princess named Elizabeth was crowned queen, crown queen. The moment that that crown was placed on her head, she became known as Your Majesty, Queen of England. Since that time, and even today, people marvel when she comes out and makes her appearance. They're interested in what she does and what she says, what kind of hat she's wearing, what kind of pocketbook she's carrying. The list is endless of things that people seek to find out about her. When she gathers and puts her royal headwear and all the other paraphernalia for of her office on and drives down the street, people gather along the streets. There's always great pomp when she's around. Are we as amazed at the majesty of God? Do we stand in awe of God? Do we react as the psalmist did when he said, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth? Helen Keller, even in her blindness, understood that fact. She wrote one time, I who am blind can give one hint to those who see. Use your eyes as if tomorrow you would be stricken blind. Make the most of every sense, glory in all facets of pleasure and beauty that the world reveals to you through several means of contrast that nature provides. She's encouraging us, I think, just as did the psalmist, open our eyes, to be aware of the world in which we live, to be aware of the things that God has placed in this world. Some time ago in the These Days devotional guide, there was a story of a professor who took his class out in the woods one day. He made them leave all of their devices in, in their rooms, wouldn't let them take anything with them. He made them sit for one hour apart from each other where they couldn't talk to anyone They had to sit and listen. Some of the students wrote that they were amazed at what they saw. All the animals that appeared before them, snakes and rocks and flowers and all the other things they saw. Many of them said that they had never even really stopped to think, to look, and to listen. Perhaps you and I need to do the same. We need to open our eyes. We need to open our ears. We need to be aware of this world in which we live. We need to be aware of the majesty of the God who created this world. If you travel and you open your eyes, you're going to, you're going to see some great things. The Grand Teton, Grand Canyon, Yellowstone, Smoky Mountains, leaves in the falls. Sunrises and sunsets that we see even here where we are. The list is endless. We just need to be aware that we need to listen, to understand. A scientist said one time after one of the break- breakthroughs in space exploration, he could not see how anyone did not believe in God when he took the time to look to things that God had made. We see that every day if we open our eyes. Look at the intricate makeup of a flower. Look at your human body, how it works, and how God has made it, and how it can heal itself. Watch the animals and the birds that come in your yard. The choir sang for us, America the Beautiful, that we will be hearing many times during the next few days as we celebrate the nation's birth of what was going on as she talked about the amber waves of grain, the purple mountain, the majesty, the fruited plain. No wonder the psalmist talked about declaring the wonder of God's majesty. Someone said one time, the more I see of God's universe, the deeper is my belief in God. We can reach the point also of recognizing God's majesty and greatness when we take that time to stop, to look, and to listen. But how do we see? How do we understand and react to the majesty that God has placed before us? We see the majesty of God proclaimed in the preciseness of this world that he made. We're fortunate to live in an area where we see the seasons change, where we can go to the beach and we can watch the tides come in and we can watch them go out. I read a story of a young boy who had been studying creation in his Sunday school class, what God had done, and he began to think about it. And he finally came to the opinion, he said, you know, God is pretty smart, especially in the way he turned our noses. Because can you imagine if God had turned him the other, the other way, what would have happened when it rained? Or that he gave us ears for those of us who have to wear glasses so they could be held on. The world is full of amazing things, including our human bodies, our human eyes. In all the created things, if you look closely, you see the precise manner which God proclaims his majesty. If you need proof, look at a honeybee. Think about all the things that little tiny creature does. He lives in a hive in an organized city that builds 10,000 cells for honey and 12,000 lava. Special place for the queen, and if the temperature gets too warm, I read that they form at the door and they began to flap their wings to create a ventilation system. One book even said they fly over 20 miles, square miles in order to find nectar to satisfy what they need. God created everything good and beautiful in its time. Even John Calvin, the great reformer who contributed so much to the beginnings of Presbyterianism, believed in the centrality and the supremacy and the majesty of God He wrote one time, it was to set before man as the prime motive of his existence, zeal to illustrate the glory of God. Think about the psalmist that we read today and the insight that man showed. Travel was slow most places by walking, yet he could say the earth is the Lord's. There was no giant telescope, no space shuttles going into space, but he could declare the heavens, declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. He'd not visited many places, but he could look around him where he was and say, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. What we see in the psalmist's words is an awareness of the greatness and the majesty of God. How then are we to honor God? in recognition of his majesty. We honor him by praising him with our voices. Time after time, the Bible calls on people to praise God. In Exodus, we're told Moses and the people of Israel sang a song. In 1 Chronicles, we're told on that day, David first appointed that thanksgiving be sung to the Lord. And then the psalms are filled with references of praising God in various ways. If the Bible has so many references to praising God, should we not also praise him? It doesn't matter if we can't carry a tune. It doesn't matter if we can't read music. The Bible calls on us to lift our voices and praise to God. That's all he wants. We so often sing the doxology in our worship services. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures here below. Praise him above you, heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Anytime we have an opportunity to sing that song, we need to sing it with all of our hearts. It means The do- word doxology means Expression of praise to the Lord. And yet what so often happens when we sing the doxology in our services, we drag them. If it's toward the end of the service, we begin to get everything ready before we leave when we ought to really truly be praising God with the words of that song. Perhaps it would help us to remember why we praise him. He's our creator. He's the one who hears our prayers, the one who heals us one who comforts us, who walks with us, who guides us, who sustains us, who provides for us in this world in which we live, and above all, as we read in Romans, the one who provides the way of our salvation through Christ our Lord, and the list is endless, but all of them, individually and as a group, tell us God is worthy of our praises. How then do we honor God? We honor him through our service and our commitment. The psalmist reminds us, walk before the Lord in the land of the living. How do we accomplish that? We accomplish it by living our faith on a daily basis, by treating others the way we like to be treated, by reacting as the Good Samaritan reacted in the parable in the scriptures, by using the talents and abilities, whatever they may be, to honor God. Yes, by extending that cup of cold water, if we have the opportunity. In essence, our lives should be a a doxology to God, an offering to God of all that we have, and all that we are, and all that we want to be. And then we need to recognize God's presence as we celebrate the sacrament of the Lord's Supper today. Can you think of a better way that speaks of his majesty and his greatness? He had provided for us his son, whom he loved, who came into the world and lived as we live, and yet he allowed him by his grace to die on the cross that our sins might be forgiven. And in his power, he raised him on the third day and offers to us the way to eternal life through him. This is our God there is no better time to praise him than as we take the bread and drink the cup and remember his wondrous love for each of us. So let us open our eyes. Let us attune our ears. Let us recognize all the things around us that proclaim the majesty and the greatness of our God. Let us remember that the God who rules over and cares for us is a God who offers us his eternal love through Jesus Christ. The psalmist stated it well. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. So as we think about God's majesty and God's greatness and God's love and God's grace, let us prepare ourselves to come to his table.